Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could join us as well. Well, we live in a world where things are not always as they appear to everyone, and sometimes uh, what is considered truth for some is not true for others. But our next guest has written a book. It's geared towards children, but it really helps us also to be to understand the importance of recognizing what is a fact, what is an opinion, and how we can be able to identify that for ourselves, but also help others as well. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Cornelia Mize Spellman to our broadcast. She's celebrating her new book, A Foot Is Not a Fish. We're going to talk to her not only about her writing success, but also what it's been like for her to garner an audience of young people who've been entertained by her work, but also educated as well. Cornelia, thank you so much for stopping by the broadcast today. I appreciate the time. Nice to be with you. Thank you, Saras. Well, this book is a lot of fun to read, but it also, I think, has a great message as well, Cornelia. So let's start there. What has it been like for you to see the way a foot is not a fish has been received? Interesting, because when you write something, you're never sure if people are going to read it the same way. You know, we're talking about reality. And um, one of the first responses we got was a review in the Wall Street Journal very pleased to have that national coverage, but I was surprised by the reviewer's conclusions. She read it as uh, speaking out against the ambiguity of, of gender and, and children, which mm. w- was not my intention. My intention is to talk about how we can strengthen children's perception of reality. That is, a foot is not a fish, right? A yeah. cat is not an egg to help them see that they already know the important things that are true, that are real, and that we cannot change reality simply by saying it's the opposite. Uh, We can't just say that red is green, I write. We can't just say that red is green. Also, we can't wish our way into reality. Facts are facts. This is an interesting point, and I'm glad you brought up about the review, because I think what I what was so interesting to me in reading the book, which is why I was excited to talk to you about it, and I went ahead and shared my thoughts uh, on Amazon's, because I think it... I was conflicted in one sense, to be honest with you, Cornelia, because I think growing up as someone who's also a visual artist and, and, and you know grew up writing poetry, I was always encouraged to use my imagination, which is great for kids mm-hmm. to do. But I think there is a point where they have to understand that just because they create something and make it one way in their world does not make it make it true in the real world. And that's the lens that I read the book where – Yes, it's one thing to be able to have creativity, to have, you know, to watch a television show that may show things that are not quote unquote real, um, and for that to be fun, but it does not make mm-hmm. it true. Um, so for, I want, I'm curious about you. What has that been like for you? That conversation about the, the I guess, the line between creativity uh, and facts. 
Well, you know, that brings up an interesting point too, Cyrus, because every person who reads such a book, probably any book, is going to give you a different take on it. And I hadn't really thought about yours, about the difference in terms of creativity between reality and and fiction or imagination. But, you know, I'm I'm kind of a nonfiction writer. I'm not an imaginative writer. Uh, To me, reality is so fascinating and interesting that um, I have written, now I've written two memoirs which are about reality. And I have a friend who's a novelist, Angela Jackson. I don't know if you know of her. She's our our poet laureate in the state of Illinois. Angela's a novelist, and she has a wonderful imagination. And she and I once did a program together where we kind of talked about which one's more real. And, of course, she she felt that writing a novel about situations was more realistic than simply writing nonfiction. So, you know, both things can be true. It's not like everything is black and white, although some things are black and white like day and night. You know, we can't just say that day is night or that night is day. Certain facts must be agreed upon in order for us to... Uh, get along in the world, and really in order for a democracy to work, we have to have some sense of shared reality. I exaggerate in the book and say, what if people thought that a foot was a fish? Well, it's a silly kind of thought, but in fact, we kind of have to agree on certain things. And at the moment, there's uh, not only very little agreement, but there's outright untruths going on and on purpose lies going on. And that's very confusing um, and dangerous to a democracy. Yeah. And Cornelia, to that point, you actually say in the book, which shows the role of the reader here, you write in the book, if someone says that up is down or what is high is low, that elephants are just like pigs, we'll say not yes but no. And that really puts it on the reader to say we have to be willing to acknowledge what just is not true. So I want to talk about that for you first. What has that been like for you? Where did the courage come from for you to be able to say, you know what? No, that's not true. What you're saying is not true, and just because you say it does not make it true. I think that most of us, I certainly hope that most of us in this country do have, uh, I don't even know if it's courage, do have the determination And the common sense, let's call it that, the common sense to be able to say, this is not true. I saw things with my own eyes. Don't tell me that I didn't see them. And to believe that our laws mean something, that we are a nation of laws. Uh, If we do not live by the Constitution, which is kind of our Bible for the country, the Constitution, and by the rule of law, where are we? We're, we're in a very scary place, and um, if we don't distinguish between truth and fiction, we're in trouble. And the problem is, you know, for children, of course, they, they're not expected to always know the truth about issues that are more complicated for them. But right. they certainly know, and we can strengthen their knowledge, they certainly know what's true and what isn't, and they will be quick to say, well, that's not true. If you say an elephant is, is just like a pig, they'll say, what? That's not true. An elephant <laughs> is not like a pig. Yeah. Or, you know, orange is not blue. 
So I have a verse evidence is called the facts. A fact is something true, like I am me and you are you and orange is not blue. Let's have some common sense about things that are true. The problem I started to say is there are a lot of people, and I hope not the majority, who are telling lies on purpose. They are Mm. disinforming the public. And the telling the lies on purpose is very different from getting mixed up about something. They know what they're doing, and they're doing it because it's easier, partly, I believe, to go along with whatever you your crowd believes in instead of looking at kind of the bones of the country, the bones being the Constitution and law. Right. Wow. Such a great point there. I definitely want to dive more into that with you, Cornelia. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome to our broadcast today Cornelia Motz-Bellman. She's the best-selling author that's joining us, celebrating her newest book, A Foot is Not a Fish. We want to remind you you can get your own copy of the book and stay connected with Cornelia as well. Cornelia, you know, I I have to say, though, um, in in hearing you just now, you know, I I think, you know, there is this whole thing, though – Unfortunately, even though we would hope it's not true, I think a lot of people don't speak up because of fear. Because these days, it does seem like when someone does speak up, that they are, you know, they're they're easily try to be categorized, or people will try to shout them down um, and to try to make them feel less than or inferior for what they believe. But I'm curious for yourself when you were writing this book, how did you decide what age you wanted for it? Well, my other books are all for very young children, and I always think the younger the better because um, my books about emotion are really to be read to young children, and it's partly to help the parents too because many of us as parents were not helped ourselves as children to recognize and manage our emotions, especially anger. Maybe you just thought you weren't ever supposed to have it, or if you were angry, you didn't know what to do with it. In fact, That's a problem with a lot of the people we're talking about who are so angry and people who get violent and people who shout down other people. Um, Emotion is important. Emotional management is important. And so the younger children, I I would like for parents to, of course they always are involved anyway, but for the parents to be involved in reading and talking about the ideas in this book with their children and for children to make up their own verses What's a funny example you can think of? A cat, you know, a foot is not a fish. A hand is not a leg. What kind of words can you come up with? And uh, if there are parents, librarians, grandparents, or whoever who would like to submit those verses to me, um, I have footnotfish at gmail.com on my website, and I'd love to hear from them and then post them, uh, post those verses. So, you're right when you said earlier it's a combination of seriousness and fun and it's kind of always best to learn i think that way don't you when something's kind of fun exactly and i think it makes the kids feel good i visit schools quite a bit in in the south and i love the fact of the engagement they feel about being able to be connected with something and to hear what other people are saying 
uh, write and to be able to have that kind of playful discourse with them. Something else you wrote in the book I wanted us to talk about, Courtney, you say something real is called a fact. A fact is what is true. We can't just say that red is green or that what is old is new. So I, I love the fact, again, going to what we were just saying, what you just mentioned, there is a bit of teaching Right, you know what? What is it? What is this? Yeah. This is a fact. This is not. And explaining to the child why we can't just just make an apple an orange because we want to, or we can't just call something, uh, you know, another thing because we want to. Is that just a part of who you are by nature? Someone who is, um, it not only enjoys teaching and sharing, but making it fun. Oh, I think so. I, I was actually a teacher early in, in my life, and then I got my master's in social work and, and was a therapist working with children. And the reason I started to write the books for children really was because I realized how few adults that I worked with, to say nothing of the children, had never really learned. There really was, hadn't been an opportunity for them to learn to name their feeling. And not only to name it, but what to do about it. Some of them might say, uh, if I would say, how do you feel about that? They might say, I don't know, I I just have a headache. Because they they didn't even really know what the word was. And as far as it's been so amazing, the response I've gotten from children, which I know about mostly from people's comments on Amazon, um, parents who will write and say, you know, my child slept with this book, or this book helped my child so much, he wanted to read it over and over and over again. And it's a book about when I feel angry or when I feel sad, because somehow reading in within the covers of a book uh, and the little animal figures from the nice illustrators of my books uh, helps a child see, oh, that's that's what I feel. That that's what that's about. That has a word. That has a name. Yeah, I love that, and I love the fact too. It it allows them to express and know the freedom of expressing. You mentioned something else that was interesting, and you actually had this in the introduction of the book um, that you say this, Cornelia, encouraging children to create their own verses, rhyming or not, can be fun and can further help them in their understanding of what is real and what is not. They undoubtedly will come up with surprising and funny examples of their own. A blank is not a blank. I love that you have that in there because it does allow them to be a part of the story, right, to be able to make their own part too. What do you hope then as as children are being read this book, those who are able to read it themselves, what do you hope it does for them by the time they get to the end? I think that... I hope that it will help them feel stronger in their own understanding because they do have, except when they're really tiny and and they don't really know the difference, but most kids have a growing and strengthening sense of what is real. They know, for instance, that they wish every day was their birthday, but wishing does not make something true. They know that. And so when they read it, and it's kind of fun to read, and they like the rhymes, I hope, and enjoy it, they think, oh, yeah, I, I know what that's about. I, I, I get that, and, um, and I'm going to write one too. And I hope they will even write in, in their own book at the end where those blank pages, blank spaces are for their own words. 
I, I want to wrap up by uh, talking about the interesting time we're, we're having this conversation, Cornelia. As, uh, as for our radio audience is joining us live, we're saying goodbye to February and welcoming in March. March is recognized as Women's History Month, Women Empowerment Month, among uh, other things, including, of course, reading an e-book month, which is another great one for us, uh, us book nerds out there. Um, what has it been like for you to reflect on your own success and your own place? Uh, Cornelia, and what you've been able to do through books and the lives you've been able to touch. That's a, that's a sweet feeling, a sweet question. Um, to me, knowing that children, not only here, but let's say children and parents, because the parents are always involved, uh, that children and parents all over the world really, because my other books have been translated into 10 languages. And I think of how wonderful it is that parents are helping their children, that many children, understand their feelings. And really, Cyrus, it it all comes, I realize gradually, from my wish that my own mother as a child had had help with her feelings. She, her father died suddenly when she was only seven. And in those days, Nobody knew, and her mother was probably grief-stricken herself and didn't know how to help her with her feelings. And I believe that my mother's rather sad end, which I talk about in my memoir called Missing, came about really because there was no one to help her with her feelings. The consequences of not knowing or being able to express or getting help with our feelings are substantial. And, in fact, we're seeing some of the consequences today of people's anger that is not controlled, that is not managed, of people's fear that makes them behave in ways that are hurtful to others. Right. Such a great point. Well, I'm so appreciative of the work you've been able to do, Cornelia, and the way that you're able to get, especially young people, to be able to think differently and also um, to embrace their own creativity and their voice as well, especially through a book like A Foot Is Not a Fish. Again, everyone, Cornelia Maud Spellman has been our guest. You can get your copy of A Foot Is Not a Fish through our friends at Amazon.com. For those joining us on the podcast side, the link is with the description of this episode of the podcast. You can get it there. For those joining us on the radio side, we do have it on our Facebook page as well. Cordelia, appreciate this time. How can our audience stay connected with you? Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, they can visit my website at corneliaspellman.com. Spellman has one L and uh, would love to hear from them. Thanks so much, right. Cyrus, for your time. I appreciate it. More than welcome. I appreciate you as well. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.